Grab your Bibles if you would, and we're going to start to turn our hearts uh, towards the Lord's Supper. And in preparation for that, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to be looking together beginning in verse number 36. And so Matthew 26, beginning in verse number 36, and when you found it, if you would, stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word tonight. And we're going to look at this together. Matthew 26, beginning in verse number 36. There the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Then he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. And then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, and let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Tonight I want to key in for just a moment on a little phrase we find in verse 39. And draw a couple of applications from this passage. And We even as it is find our title there in verse number 39. Where the Bible says, and he went. A little farther. Hey, I'm thankful God went a little farther for me. Father, be glorified now, I pray, as we look into your word. Help us as we prepare our hearts to come to your table. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, church, God is good. God is good. Psalm 108, sorry, Psalm 107, verse number 8, says it this way. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for the wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 84, beginning in verse 11, there the psalmist says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. Verse number 12, O Lord of hosts, Blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Church, God is good. You know, if we had nothing but our salvation, we would still be blessed beyond measure. And church, tonight as we pause and we come to the Lord's table, may we never forget or take for granted the price of our salvation. This is the remembrance of what he has done. A remembrance of his body that was broken. A remembrance of the blood that was shed. 
And as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion tonight, I do want us to thank from Matthew 26 on this thought that he went a little farther. Aren't you thankful tonight that Jesus didn't stop, stop short? Aren't you thankful tonight that Jesus didn't cut corners? That Jesus didn't take the easy route? And I want us to see from, a couple of, uh, from this scripture a couple of areas that we can be thankful that Jesus went a little farther for us. I want you to see, first of all, that we can be thankful that he went a little farther to pay for my sin. Be thankful that he went a little farther to pay for my sin. Verse number 39, there the Bible says, And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will. But as thou wilt. Look at verse 42. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. You see, you and I have very little concept of the divide that our sin created between us and God. I'm thankful Jesus crossed the divide that we could not. I'm thankful that he left the glory of heaven. I'm thankful that he lived humbly in, in peasant conditions in an occupied country. I'm thankful that he went about doing good. I'm thankful that he allowed himself to be despised and rejected by the very men that he created. By the very men that he loved. To get a picture of this, Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse number 6, we see there that at the time of the feast, he, that's Pilate, released unto them, uh, the nation of Israel, one prisoner whom they desired. Verse number 7, and there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests had moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye then that I do unto him whom ye call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify. Crucify him. You know, if I were Jesus and it were up to me, I'd have said, Fine, be that way, and just gone back to heaven. But I'm thankful he didn't. We have very little concept of the divide that our sin creates between us and God. We have very little concept of the depravity of our sin. We have so little concept of just how bitter that cup was. And yet, he went a little farther. He was beaten beyond recognition and hung on a cross for my sin. In Matthew 26, beginning in verse 66, we see this. What thank ye? And, and they answered and said, He is guilty of death. And then they did spit in his face. And they 
buffeted him. And others smote him with the palms of their hands and saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ. Who is he that smote thee? A little later down the road, Matthew 27, beginning in verse 26, the Bible says, He released Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. They stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him. And they took the reed and they smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off of him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him, and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And they set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. And saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days... Save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, but himself he cannot save. If he be the King of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him. If he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard this said that this man calleth for Elias. Straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. You see, in the garden, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But praise God, he went a little farther. He drank the cup of sin. He bore the curse of sin, the stain of my sin in his body. 
Church, we can't begin to imagine the physical pain, much less the spiritual torture that Christ suffered in our place. But boy, I'm thankful he didn't stop short. I'm thankful he went a little farther and paid all my sin. Not only am I thankful that he went a little farther to pay all my sin, but I'm thankful that he still goes a little farther to plead with the sinful. I want you to notice how Jesus responds to the disciples here. Verse 36 of our passage. The Bible said Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit here while I go yonder to pray. Jesus, he much heaviness on his heart and soul. Jesus wanted the disciples to be with him. But verse number 40, the Bible says, When he cometh unto the disciples, he findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The Bible says he went and prayed again, beginning verse number 43. The Bible says, and he came and found them asleep again. And when he left them, he went away and prayed the third time the same words. Then cometh he unto the disciples and saith unto them, Wake up, knuckleheads. No. Sleep on now. And take your rest. You know, the disciples were an interesting lot. Jesus asked them to pray. They fell asleep. I'd like to think if Jesus asked me to pray, I could. They fall asleep. Jesus comes back, wakes them, challenges them. They fall asleep again. Jesus comes back, finds them asleep, yet Jesus comforts them. The disciples here failed Jesus. You know, if we kept reading in just a couple of verses, not only would the disciples fail Jesus, the disciples would forsake Jesus. And buddy, they take off running in all directions. Yet Jesus did not fail or forsake them. You know, you go back a little further, Luke 22, beginning in verse number 31. You see Jesus and Peter interacting. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desireth to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan's coming after you. Do you see the compassion? But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted... Strengthen thy brethren. You, you go a little further in the story. Mark chapter 16 beginning in verse number 6. This is when uh, they're at the tomb of the Lord. That he the angel said unto them. Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But notice what he says next. But go your way. Tell his disciples And Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him as he said unto you. You see, Jesus knew their sin. Jesus knew their stubbornness. Jesus knew their strongholds. And yet Jesus went a little further. He didn't forsake them when they forsook him. He kept calling them. 
He kept coming for them. He kept challenging them. He kept comforting them. In fact, you go to John 17 and you see Jesus' high priestly prayer as he prays in these moments to the Father. And what is he praying for? John 17, look in verse number 9. There the Bible says, I pray for them, not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. We were on his heart. They were on his heart. Verse number 13, Jesus said, and now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse number 15, Jesus says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Verse 17, Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Verse number 20, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Verse 21, that they may be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You see, when Jesus had the weight of the cross on his shoulders, he was praying not for himself, but for them and for us, for our joy, for our protection, for our unity. You know, I'm so thankful that I have a Savior who's willing to go a little farther for me. I'm thankful I have a Savior who doesn't give up on me. And I can be a knucklehead a lot. I'm so thankful that I have a Savior who loves me when I am unlovely and I am unlovable. And I am so thankful for His patience with me. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so thankful for His faithful presence with me. Church, I'm so thankful that He went a little farther to plead with the sinful. I'm thankful He went a little farther To pay for my sins. I'm thankful he went a little farther to plead for the sinful. Look at verse 45. One more thought. And he saith unto the disciples. Or cometh unto the disciples and saith unto them. Sleep on now. And take your rest. Behold the hour is at hand. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. You know Jesus remarks here that the hour is at hand. As horrible as the hours to come would be, you know, none of it was any surprise to Jesus. He knew. He knew. He knew, yet he went a little farther. He went a little farther that every scripture be fulfilled. You see, in the Old Testament, it foretold of a suffering Savior. You go to Psalm 22, Psalm 22, verse number 1. The psalmist, in prophecy of what was to come, writes, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Psalm 22, in verse 6, it says this, But I am a worm, and no man a reproach of men, and despised of the people. And all that 
see me laugh, laugh me to scorn. They, they shoot out the lip and they shake their head. Over to verse 16, we see that the Bible there says, For dogs have compassed me, and the, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell thee all my bones, and they look and stare upon me. They parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. All of those prophecies are fulfilled in Christ. Isaiah 52 in verse number 14 remarks that many were astonished at thee and his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Isaiah 53 beginning in verse number 3 he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He knew. He knew about his hands and feet being pierced. He knew about being mocked and laughed at. He knew about being beaten and rejected. He knew that his form would be so bloodied and broken and bruised that he wouldn't even hardly be recognizable in a man as, as a man. And yet he fulfilled every scripture. And you know, I'm glad he went a little farther. You know, if it were me, Brother David, there might be a few I might try to get out of. You know, as long as we catch a good percentage of them, hopefully it'll do. But not the Lord. He went a little farther and he performed every scripture. You know why? You know why that makes me so happy? Because, hallelujah, he went a little farther. And he didn't stay on that cross. He got up out of that grave. And he went a little farther. And he didn't just get up out of that grave. He ascended to the Father. And he went a little farther. Because he didn't just ascend to the Father. But he sent us the Comforter. And he went a little farther. Because one day, hallelujah, he's going to go a little farther yet. And come again and receive his own. The Bible ends, Revelation 22, verse number 20. There it says this, Revelation 22 in verse number 20. Jesus said, surely I come quickly. And John says, even so come Lord Jesus. And church, hear me, if he didn't stop short of the cross, why in the world would we even think he'd stop short of the crown? Jesus is coming. Again. You know what? I'm thankful he went a little farther. Amen. In just a few moments, we're going to be approaching the Lord's table to partake of that which he has left us as a remembrance of what he has done. You know, church, this is a time of joy and of gratitude, but it is a serious and, and, and solemn time. We are warned in Scripture that we need to make sure that we approach the Lord's table with clean hands and a clean heart. 
Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse number 26. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For if he eateth and drinketh unworthily, he eateth and drinketh damnation or destruction to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, he says, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. God takes this matter seriously. 